What's going on, guys? Welcome to the latest episode of Can I Kick It? This is your host, as always, Elliot Barnes. And joining me is my good man, Shane Duran the second. And I gotta say, man, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. I think it's been like a month since we dropped that latest episode. Yeah. But then this was an emergency one too. This one, this is a impromptu. All right, we need to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is unusual for us. Like because normally it's either an interview or talking about someone's career. Yeah, not someone that's like currently playing. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to talk about someone that we're both fans of. Yeah, both current events right now. So and I think I think most of England, regardless of what club you support, is a fan of. Man, I think uh, anyone player. is a fan of them so yes. far. <laughs> um, if you haven't picked up who we're talking about, and if you just randomly looking at this episode, it's kind of weird. By the way, you can check out. Make sure you check out the rest of our episodes. Um, we're talking about MBE Marcus Rashford. Is that how you say it? Or is Marcus Rashford MBE? Yeah, I think it's Marcus Rashford MBE. Okay. I'm not English, so I don't know these guys. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole lot of... <laughs> a whole lot but, going on. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, Marcus Rashford is a um, an attacking player for Manchester United. 22 years old, young kid. Um... And the reason why we're talking about him today is because of what he's been doing off the field. Um, Marcus Rashford, ever since the the COVID the COVID uh, pandemic has started, um, there have been a lot of talks about you know players taking wage cuts and a lot of government aid funded programs getting shut down and whatnot. And Marcus Rashford is started a movement to to combat child hunger in England. And through this movement, he has, I think, for lack of a better way of saying, has kind of shamed the, the UK government. He dumped on Boris Johnson. <laughs> well, let's do it. He, he did. He did. He dumped on his way. Um... So do you want to start off with his career and then move on to the things he's done off the field or how do you want to do Because um, I'm not gonna lie, like this is hundred percent your baby. Since yeah. You're the one who thought of this idea. Yeah, I, yeah, we you. can yeah, we can talk about his career. Um Marcus uh, Rashford, um, well, career. I mean, and, and it's 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 crazy that we can say career because he's been playing for who who um it was uh Started off on the Louis Van Gaal. Louis Van Gaal, yeah. So, real, like, four years. Yeah. So, four years already. Four years. Um, and he hit the ground running. Yeah. I mean, his first appearance for England, for, for England, for Manchester United was a memorable one. Yeah. Um, that was against um, Michelin out of Denmark in the Europa League second round game. Yeah. Came, I think he started because um, Anthony Martial got injured in a warm-up. Yep. And Lou Van Gaal was like, all right, kid, you playing this tonight. This is your chance. <laughs> yeah. This is your chance. And he came off and scored two goals. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and the thing, so I didn't realize this. Earlier that year, he was actually on the bench for a game. He didn't get called up. This was his first official start. Yeah. Was that game there. And then three days later against Arsenal, which is a huge game. He gets a start again, scores two goals in that game. Yeah. And then in March of that year, he scores in the uh, Manchester Derby, becoming the youngest ever person to score in the Manchester Derby. Yes. Oh, and um, just to cap off that twenty six a year, he gets an England call up. Yes. And scores in the stadium of light in his first England debut. 
Yeah, and Marcus Rashford, a lot of people were thinking, oh, this is just going to be a flash in the pan, you know. Uh, you, you you get that a lot. A lot of players come in big, and, and, and it's, it's, it's like that I'm here, and then the following season you realize it's a dud. Yeah. That they just got lucky one season. But no, Rashford has continued to maintain that level. Of course, he's had, you know, he's had peaks and troughs throughout the past four years. But what player hasn't? Um, and I mean, like, also he finished, I think it was that same year. He finished third in the Golden Boy voting. Um, behind two other famous players of color. Kylian Mbappe and Usman Dembele. Yes. Finished third behind them, so... Uh, going a little bit further in his career, this is something that I found interesting. He actually started off as a goalkeeper. So, in the alternate reality, <laughs> there's a world where Marcus Rashford is, is taking Dan's spot. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's that world reality. And then, did you know who his favorite player was at United? Tim Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's weird. Like, you're, this is around the same time you have Cristiano Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney... Like, all these kind of guys where it's like, you can pick any of them. You, yeah. You want the American? You want him? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Hey, look, <laughs> look. This, in, in the words of Barack Obama, the Secretary of Defense. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is the greatest. That's the greatest nickname you can get. Especially when the President of the United States gives it to you. That's, that's just. <laughs> How would you feel if you were the Acting Secretary of Defense and, the, and Barack just named him? You're like. So you just gonna get my job for <laughs> That's what we're doing. That's kind of funny. Um, so yeah, and he's also of Kenyan descent. Um, his grandma was mm-hmm. born there in St. Kitts, so mm-hmm. he's another allocate. Like this is something like I really wanted to take the time to dive into. Yeah, and I know it would take extensive research, maybe like a full year. Mm-hmm. But like, how many of these players from the Netherlands, Germany, France, England, England, Wales, Spain. Scotland, Spain? Um, I'm trying to think of, is one more, Italy, no, nah, not Italy. Yeah, even Italy. Uh, no, Italy only had one black person, that was Mario, we covered that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that won't good. Um, but yeah, some of those islands, Portugal as well, throwing in there. How many of those players of color would actually be playing for Caribbean teams and like, you know, the reverse effect of how, what that would have on CONCACAF? Jamaica would win every World Cup. Nah, man, Curacao. The Cur- Netherlands. Yeah, oh, Cur- the Netherlands. Oh, Curacao would win. Would win a hell of a World Cup. You'd be, I mean, Trinidad and Tobago would be a powerhouse. Haiti would be a powerhouse. Kenya, uh, Cameroon, Senegal, Ivory Coast, Ghana, all of the Nigeria, the Scandinavian countries. A lot of them players come from Africa. Yup, it'd be crazy. Yup, <laughs> like. It'd be crazy. It's it's crazy. It's ridiculous how all of these players playing for the Dutch national team, the Spanish national team, the French national And we all know, basically, 90% of the 2018 France World Cup champions, that was Africa. Oh, that was, right that was the World Cup of Africa. That was, that was Africa's World Cup. But let's right get back there. to Marcus Rashford. So, <laughs> hey guys, after this podcast, go check out our newest sponsor, Non-League America. They give you the most in-depth exploration of the diversity of the United States through the lens of soccer. They're also your source for behind-the-scenes look at soccer culture and independent amateur club scene. Non-League America is not media in the traditional sense. They are content creators who use no claims to be unbiased. 
They're also staunch supporters of independent black-owned clubs, spending money with black-owned businesses and suppliers and advocating for systematic change to our system that will give these clubs greater equity and opportunity. You can follow Non-League America and check out their documentaries on Facebook and on YouTube in the link provided down below. So, if you support us, go support Non-League America. Four years he spent at Manchester United, and I gotta say, like, in his career, like, even if you take, if you strip away our Man United fandom, because we're fans, we're not gonna lie about it, but, like, if you look at his career, it's been something of an impressive streak. Like, he's had, he's had his downfalls, that's that, you never right, but, like, the moments where you need him, he stepped up there for Manchester United. Like, one moment that always was sticking on my head is the free kick that he took against Celta Vigo in the Europa League to get the team wow. to the final. Yes. That was an important moment. I mean, so far it's great. He's won an FA Cup. He's won a uh, Community Shield. He's won a Europa League. Like, and he's won an EFL Cup. He's been able to play along other great players such as Wayne Rooney, um, you know, kind of like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Oh. Yeah. But the thing that stands out so much about Rashford is he's so great on the field, but it's, well, it's about what people say about him off the field that stands it even higher. Because like Sir Alex said, like, there's no reason why this kid cannot be the captain of Manchester United at the age of 21. Yeah. There's no reason why. And that it lets you know, like, if this legend is saying it, it kind of means something true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he's... 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 I, and I think... One of the the things, and it's it's funny because uh, recently there was um, I, I'm gonna shout out another podcast, uh, the two Robbies. Um, they they were talking about how they feel there there was a bit of a, a back and forth between them two talking about with Rashford, he is a great person. Will that affect him being a great player? And when you look, for example, at um, this. We're recording this shortly after Manchester United completely dismantled uh, RB Leipzig 5-0, in which Rashford scored a hat-trick. But he almost didn't score a hat-trick because when a penalty kick was given, with two goals under his belt, he gives that PK to uh, Martial. Knowing that Anthony Martial has, has had a little bit of a goal drought, not that big, but a little bit of a goal drought. He wanted to make sure that he Martial could get that goal under his belt rather than going for his hat trick. He eventually gets the hat trick later. However, do you see Cristiano Ronaldo giving up that PK to no, another no. player? Do you see Zlatan Ibrahimovic giving up that PK to another player? Do you even see Lionel Messi giving up that PK mm-hmm. to another player? And a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, the fact that he's such a good person and a great you know, teammate, is that going to affect him from reaching the levels of the Ronaldos and the Messis? And I personally think no, because at the end of the day, I think that it's one of the things that you see a lot in English players, period, is this sense of we're in this together. Because as much as a lot of people see Harry Kane as the is a serial goal scorer, I'm pretty sure if Hyunmin Sun is having a rough patch and a PK is given, Harry Kane's handing that ball to Hyunmin Sun so he can get a goal under his belt. 
I could see. Man, oh. this is how I could tell you don't be on Twitter because you just missed the whole Harry Kane conversation. <laughs> but I mean, that's I mean, I, you, you, I, you I get what you're saying. I get 100. So agree. at the end of the day, you you see that a lot in English players, and I think is one of the reasons why you don't see as many English players reaching the the galactic level of stardom as the Ronaldos and the Cristiano Ronaldos and the Messis and the players like that and the Thierry Henrys, but he still has the ability to reach to that level of class. And he already is spoken in the same sentence as players like Kylian Mbappe, Usman Dembele, um, N'Golo Kante, Paul Pogba, his own teammate. So he's, he's, he's definitely a force to be reckoned with. And I can only see him getting better and better and better. And because he has. So I mean, far, it's what, just been improvement. And what him and Martial have together is amazing. It kind of reminds me of Dwight Yorkie. Um, God, I can't think of his name now. Help me out here. Dwight York For United. Uh, Troublesome. D- uh, no, it wasn't Vanessa Roy, was it? No, no, it wasn't no. no, that's before his time. The two black strikers up top. Yeah, uh, York and I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank too. That's what I'm saying. I'm God. drawing a blank right now. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Like, yes. that, that partnership right there is amazing. Yes. Um, and I mean, there's no more. I mean, his blinker is super young. We're only four years into it. He's full like he's been around for forever. But I'm ready to talk about what he's done off the field. This is the part that's like I know you're <laughs> you're ready to get to. Oh, I'm ready to sink my teeth into this. So the reason why we're talking about Marcus Rashford today is because of something like I said said at the beginning is something he did off the pitch. Um, Marcus Rashford has, and and like we said, like you said, he he dumped on Boris. <laughs> he dunked on Boris. Um, he basically uh, pushed for a petition to, in in a nutshell, not only bring awareness to um, child hunger in England, but also to for the government to do something about it. And uh, I think he was pushing for, during the time of COVID, for... Uh, free meals to be given to school kids, especially at the time of COVID when they're not in school, when they're not, you know, able to to go to school and get school lunch. Um, so because of all of that, Marcus Rashford is definitely, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's like Marcus Rashford literally single-handedly as a 22-year-old soccer player kind of push the hand of the government um, with regards to this movement. So, again, big ups to Marcus Rashford. Um, Yeah, so October 2019, uh, he sets up in the box with uh, Stell Frazier's that gives pretty much homeless people essential items over the Christmas period. And this is like, he's what, around 20, 21 around this period? So he's already like and you hear a lot about Marcus Rashford is that he has like a real family kind of feel to him. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's more about he's a family man. Yeah, he's, caring yeah. more about those around me than just caring about himself. Which is like at that age, like let's be real, if you give twenty year old Elliot that kind of paycheck, oh <laughs> doses, I'll holler at y'all later. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I don't know y'all. <laughs> but, I mean now, like you know, 
he he already has his foresight, and this also happens because his two brothers, um, Dwayne and Dane Rashford, help him make decisions. Like, in another alternate reality, if it wasn't for his two brother, Rashford's at City, or is at Liverpool, or is at Everton because he had trials there and he had all this selection. But his his family that said like, "Hey, go to United," you know. And it's also his family helps him set up these foundations and things like that. Um, but also with the setup in the box, he does the same thing of giving donations and profits to his uh, grandmother's family down in St. Kitts. Uh-huh. And then in the wake of COVID lockdown, he teams up with uh, Fair Share to provide meals for school-aged kids. It was meant to only... It was meant only to support 400,000 kids. Mm-hmm. It got so popular and so much attention that it's a, it blew up to the whole country of England. Yep. And, like, me personally being a teacher and dealing with kids in inner city schools, the biggest That's concern... That's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the biggest concern outside of how are we going to teach the kids was how are we going to feed them? Yeah, what are they going to eat? You yeah. know, that was the biggest concern, and it was... You know, to see a footballer kind of having that force, I think, because it, it would have been very easy in the pandemic to be like, well, I got to worry about my family. Yeah. And, and, and no, you know, no discourse about that. But he was thinking about these kids and him coming up to the same uprising. And I mean, granted, this is just me personally. I've kind of had my own issues, too, about how the media has kind of portrayed him mm-hmm. in terms of like, oh, he's black, so he's only doing this because... He only cares about his community. I'm like, no, like he, yes, he is a black man, but he grew he, up dealing with this. Yeah, like dealing he does, with, like my whole thing is, you don't have to be black to only think about your community. Like exactly. that's not how this works. Like he cares about his community and whatnot, and all the things that he's doing within it. Look, that that man deserves it. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. I know, like Rafter isn't necessarily like taking all the handshakes and. Congratulations, thanks from it. But like as a teacher and seeing that someone else on that platform mm-hmm. is speaking on these issues and caring about these kids and providing meals for them and providing things for the homeless, it's great to see because normally when you hit that level of stardom, it's very easily to put up blinders and only focus on what's ahead of you. Exactly. Not only focus on what's ahead of you, just focus on and the thing that that really has gotten me looking at Marcus Rashford like this he is a class act is not just the fact that he's been doing this but he has been doing this and a lot of the lashback he's been getting is from you know you're always going to get naysayers you're always going to get people that are going to try and shoot down your ideas yeah. and shoot down what's good but is uh-huh. he doing this just it's like for it's, it's like is he doing this for being or should, he should be focusing on his football and it's like Last week, goes to PSG, goes to Paris, Manchester United win. He scores the winning goal. The next morning, he is tweeting about this movement. He is tweeting about this campaign to, to feed homeless children. 22-year-old, your average 22-year-old soccer player, if he's on a big, at a big club getting a big check and scores the winning goal against a team that was in the finals last year of the Champions League... I guarantee you his next tweet is going to be about that. Yeah. Marcus Rashford not, doesn't even tweet about the fact that he scored the winning goal. He's doing this. Yeah. And I mean, also, if he needs to focus oh. on his soccer, he does all of this. 
following week, scores a hat trick. <laughs> He's focusing on his game. Marcus Rashford basically just told his naysayers, I can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah. And I mean, you also go look at some of the things that Rashford, like, for instance, in June 2019, he wrote an open letter to the UK government to end childhood poverty. One day later, they announced the changes to give an extension to free meals. Yeah. It's crazy to think, like, we have to write about things like this. The, the thing is, the power that that letter had, it literally went viral on Twitter. Like, it took off. They had to do something. If yeah. they didn't, <laughs> there would have been riots in the streets. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and I mean, look, it's September 1st of this year. He created the Childhood Poverty Task Force to take down childhood poverty. And after a week of that, he got named MBE. Um, and which he vowed, like he pretty much he started a petition mm-hmm. to help with childhood poverty. Yeah, in the UK, I was about to say USA. In the, in the UK, United Kingdom, after a hundred k signatures, it then get put onto the Parliament floor. It gotten so big that within a week of him starting that petition, it went up to three hundred k. Yeah, that's how big that thing was. And it was rejected by 61 people in the parliament, which is like, like, what is the base of you rejecting this? Like, it's not like you're sitting here asking for a tax cut. He's like, sitting here like, telling like, you the to feed the children. Feed the feed kids, Feed the man. children. And, and, and the thing that, that is the biggest shame is that in the grand scheme of the government coffers, that's nothing. That's pennies. What they would need in order to feed the children. No. And to go back to your other point about how... And this is my other thing when it comes to media. And I'm pretty sure you've seen it as well. is about how the media covers black players when they're doing great. And when they're going through moments of not doing well. Mm-hmm. For instance, like let's look at basketball. A player like LeBron James. Take everything away that like happens on the court, whatever. Right? Look at him off the court. The amount of things that that man has done, done for the community, for right. Cleveland, for but the country. Like, but it's like the amount of controversy, the amount of times we've heard actual politicians come out of their mouth and say, shut up and dribble. And how the racial tones of a conversation like of that is where it's like, I don't want you to care about the community, worry about yourself. Yeah. But you have athletes such as him that are not as egotistical because they care more. They know where they come from. Exactly. They know, like, if this is something that in the black community, and you know this as well, where it's like, if one of us makes it, it's almost like everyone made it. Yeah. Because now you can put everyone else on a different platform, on a different, like, living field. And, I mean, even that on itself, like, it comes with pros and cons because now you have people that only want to mess with you for only certain reasons, this, that, and the third. But what Marcus Rashford is doing, and, like, I've heard the people say, well, he need to stop talking about that. He need to focus on what he's doing on the pitch. Like, I can guarantee if Marcus Rashford goes through, like, a slid of not scoring in two games. We're going to hear about we it. We're going to hear about it. Yeah. And how many people are, are first thing they're going to do is throw in his face, well, you on here tweeting about this. You need to worry about your football. Mm. And things that, like And, things and I, like think, I think he's, he's kind of shut that down early enough to m- m- kind of make people feel like, well, is the football more important than feeding the children? Yeah. And at the end of the day, that I feel that the way he has gone about this has been so genius that if someone were to, if he were to go through a drought like a a, a goal drought, or have a, a a poor run of form, maybe two three games where he's not doing that well, 
I don't feel that there are a lot of people that would feel comfortable saying that because I feel that it would it would then turn into okay so you think football is more important than feeding children well, and at the end of the day that he has painted himself in such an untouchable image by doing it the way he did that even if that does happen there's no way he's touchable right now he is untouchable well first and foremost like I I, I truly believe like you are a human being first at the end of the day. Exactly. What you do on the field yes. is not who you are as a person. Exactly. Don't be defined by what puts money on the table. Yeah. Like, what, what puts food on the table. You know, like, just because if a, if it's get more amplified when you're a black player yeah, then you are. Because the media has always been shown to, like, nitpick at certain things and blow it out of proportion. Like, I remember Raheem Sterling with, like, the gun on his leg. Yeah. Like, he said it himself. Like, the gun is on my leg is a, is a tribute to my dad. But when the media, British media got to it, they said, oh, because, you know, oh, I like guns or something like that. It was something crazy. I can't exactly remember it. But it's like how they misinterpret things when it comes to black players. Yes. And, you know, and when it comes to... They're always looking for a story. It's yeah. easy. It's easy to snag that up and make it something evil. Make it something bad. And the thing about this was, it wasn't like anyone asked Rashford to do this, or it wasn't like he was pressured to do it. Like, no, he started this on his own. On his own, exactly. And he even got, like, so well at doing this that after he signed with Rock, Rock Nation in mm-hmm. April of this year, he also got his honorary doctoral from the University of Manchester for his work in child poverty, for how much work he's doing in, in poverty and things like that. Yep. Because, like, when it comes to some, comes to this... You have to do it because you truly love it, not because you see a game from it. You're yeah, like, let's exactly. be real. Like when, when you're when you're doing volunteer work, you're never gonna make a whole bunch of money. Like you're doing it because you truly love it, because you truly care about it. And this is something that Marcus Rashford truly cares about. So like my head goes off to him, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It it's it's uh, it's it's interesting. To see this, though, because you've seen a lot of players, um, you know, make statements, make statements. Uh, You've seen a lot of players say things like it's wrong that this is happening. It's wrong that X, Y, Z is going on in this country. It's wrong that, you know, the government is doing this. But then they don't do anything about it. Marcus Rashford came out. Not saying it's wrong that the government is doing this. He immediately went to doing something about it and let his actions speak louder than his words. And now, because of what he's done, Marcus Rashford never himself said the government is wrong for what they're doing. But through his actions, he made the government realize that they should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> and I mean, look, back to this petition again. It's the first, is one of only six petitions in history um, in the UK to reach the one million mark. Like, yeah. I mean, and we're dealing with COVID, the pandemics, and this is something that really, like, it truly, it hits me different because I am a teacher. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, dealing in underprivileged neighborhoods. And don't get me wrong, are those kids in underprivileged neighborhoods, are they smart? Yes, they are truly educated. Yeah. I will tell anyone, I will take my kids up against your kids, and I guarantee you my kids will win. Yeah. I don't care where you're from. Like, that has nothing to do with it. But 
the thing is, they don't have the same advantages as some yeah, kids the that resources. are the resources, things like that. So it's easy to say, like, think about it as like, well, their mom and dad should take care of them. Why are their mom and dad providing for them? That's all fine. And because their mom and dad has to work twenty hours a week in order to make ends barely meet. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes it, it, twenty it, hours a day. You know, sorry. you really, <laughs> you really got to sit there and ask yourself, like, I mean, heck, my parents had to do it where they sit there and sit there and wonder, like, all right. Do we pay the light bill or do we pay the cable bill? Which one we doing? <laughs> are we paying lights or cable? <laughs> you know, are, are we paying the... And now in this day and age, you think about that. Are we paying the light bill or are we paying Verizon? At the end of the day, oh, we can pay the light bill all day, but then you can't do your homework. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> it's things like that where, you know, he's also petitioning for these kids to have the equal or fair rights of education, which is amazing to me, man. So, yeah. hats off to Mr. Marcus Rashford. I can't. Oh, and just to open a parenthesis and close it, Dwight York's strike partner was Andy Cole. That's who it was. Yes. I don't know why <laughs> I couldn't remember that. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm pretty sure there were people like yelling into the headset like, Andy Cole! <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. All right, man. So this wraps up this episode of Kid I Kick It. Um, as always, shout us out. Give us a five-star review. Or give us a five-star review. Um, down below, like, share, subscribe. You can follow the podcast at River City ninety three. That's on Instagram and on Twitter. We're gonna have more episodes coming out very very soon. Oh yeah! Since the kicker season kind of wind now, we can now get back in the flow of this, and we got some exciting stuff for you guys. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff lined up. We've yeah. got some good stuff lined up for you. Also, if you're interested in being a supporter of our podcast with a monthly donation, you can do so in the link down below. You are extremely thankful for that. Yep. <laughs> and then, um, last thing, if you're interested in being a sponsor for our podcast, if you want to sponsor our episode, um, you can reach out to us at 93rivercity at gmail.com, or you can hit us up as our DMs on Instagram and on Twitter, and we'll respond to you as quickly as we can. So, it feels great to get back here and talk about black history and soccer. Marcus Rashford, I can't wait to come back and redo an episode of him in 10 years yeah. and talk about how... His career. <laughs> he is Sir Marcus Rashford. Oh, I, oh, I know. I know. <laughs> Look, if he keeps going along the line that he's going right now, he will definitely be Sir Marcus Rashford very soon. Very soon, very soon. So, as always, this is Elliot. This is Shanir. We'll holler at you guys later. Check us out. <laughs>